Welcome to Choose Views with Richard Chu. Get ready to dive into a world of insightful conversations and thought-provoking discussions. As progressives, our job is to have an all-inclusive, full-on assault with all of our players. A show that will focus on moving our political, social, economic, gender, and cultural conversation forward. And all of our players means all of our players. It's Choose Views. And now, here's your host, Richard Chu. Well, good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Chicago. Good morning to all of our listeners out there in uh, Radio Land, I guess you could say. Um, <clears throat> this is Richard Chu, and I am the new host of this new show here on WCPT, Choose Fuse. And uh, as, as catchy as that may sound, it uh, I, th- I guess it'll be effective, Henry, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll run with it until something better comes along. But for now, that's what we're going to work with. It's February 5th. And we are in the uh, the month that uh, that little guy didn't see a shadow, I guess, last week. So if you believe in that, we are going to have an early spring, according to the weather report we just heard. We are due for some rainy but warm weather here in Chicago. So I'm excited about uh, better than snow and, and, and all the craziness that we, we have been uh, accustomed to for years in, in Chicago. So, hey, listen, I want to start off by saying... Some thank yous and some shout outs, uh, as many of you may have anticipated. I want to de- definitely, uh, uh, thanks to WCPT, my wife, Ann, uh, Eric Grant, uh, the family meeting, my road dog and great friend, uh, family, friends, business associates, and the hundreds of people who have reached out to me on social media to say congratulations. Uh, what an out, an honor to be here and to bring everyone a pragmatic, progressive message about how we all at this time must really, really focus on working together to push and pull our elect- elected officials to do better. Um, we have to make sure that in an effort to save our democracy in the 2024 presidential election, yes, those are some big, strong words for a big, strong community of people that oftentimes will disagree on a lot of things, how things should be done, when they should be done, and by whom. But one thing stands true at this time. We do not And hear me clearly, we do not have the luxury of letting our differences keep us from pushing and pulling in the same direction. Excuse me. And by doing that, by pushing and pulling in the same direction, I believe that um, we can be more confident in being absolutely certain that President Biden and Vice President Harris, who are not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, are reelected. Also, that Democrats hold the Senate, if not grow it. Democrats take back the House of Representatives because that's one of the um, wrenches in the system that are it's preventing a lot of legislation from being able to move forward. But most certainly to take back the House of Representatives, we want to win some state legislatures across the country, because as people have said for years, you know, all politics is local and some governor's races that we can win or certainly maintain those governors uh, that are in place right now. My sister Linda often says, to whom much is given, much is required. So right now, as I have been given this opportunity to bring you choose views, we as progressives have been given the opportunity to work together to make sure that Donald Trump does not get anywhere near the White House. I'm not going to worry too much about making sure that everyone likes or agrees with what I bring to this show, because that's not why I'm here, which is why I will say that I'm thankful for the work that the great Santita Jackson did previously in this time slot. She is a legend in our community and a voice that needs to be heard. 
So thanks to you, Santita. Lastly, in my opening today, as much as I will bring you my views, choose views, I'll be covering many topics that I believe are important to our wonderful community here in Chicago, our region, our state, and our great, imperfect, in need of lots of changes, United States of America. As I bring topics to the table, my goal is to identify challenges and problems, if you will, um, but come up with solutions that allow us to, at very, the very least, move forward. So get ready for some laughter, some jokes, some good music, hopefully, and some great guests. Calls from you listeners and all the rest that are part of any good radio show, and I hope that I bring you a good radio show, because this is Choose Views, and I look forward to bringing you my best. It's Black History Month, folks, and the number is 773-763-9278. The lines are open. Give us a call. So, Henry, right out of the gate, I got to jump on one thing that... uh, you know that uh, that that's probably on the on the minds of a lot of people, and that uh, the uh, the Grammy Awards last night didn't get a chance to see them, but uh, have, I I um, I cannot get uh, Fast Car out of my head because <laughs> yeah. I uh, I watched the video from um, uh, from that segment of the of the show last night, and it goes without saying. I mean, that's a song that's been around for over thirty years, and to see a, a to see a remake of the song, if you will, do so well and. To see the people in the audience, uh, the, the quick cutaways that I saw on this um, one thing that was posted by actually uh, our good friend Cliff Schechter. Cliff, Cliff Schechter. Um, wow, what an experience for, for folks who may not you know know that song, but they know that song now. So it was cool to see that last night, and uh, or at least catch the clip of it, and, and be able to uh, to see the excitement that people had, most certainly, and the the wonderful compliments that Tracy Chapman received. Well, well, do uh, 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 a praise for her. And I, I, I caught a, I saw something that said that she vaulted to number one on um, the iTunes sales last night um and uh, right after the the grammys so you know her her due has come so i'm excited for her and and you know i think it was just kind of a great way to take a great song and and see the two of them on stage last night and performing and she looked fantastic so it was uh it was pretty cool to see um who you got in the super bowl Ooh, ooh, ooh. Didn't think i was gonna put you in a spot like that, huh? <laughs> Ooh, first thing in the morning too um mm, i mean you aren't going to get hurt if you say who you really, who you believe. Yeah, but, yeah, but you, yeah. It sounds like you've got some ideas about what you think is going to happen. I mean, this is Super Bowl weekend coming up. All the, all the, um, uh, the lead up to Super Bowl is happening. All the different, you know, uh, the prep, the, the media, the interviews, all the things that are going on. But, you know, the, the, the Chiefs have been, um, a surprise in some way because I think a lot of people counted them out at, uh, probably two thirds away two-thirds of the way through the season. Mm-hmm. Um, but here we are. They're yeah. in the Super Bowl. And, and of course, the 49ers were um, a, high, a big favorite, uh, probably two-thirds away. And then, you know, they kind of hit a little bit of a bump. So it's going to be an interesting game. But uh, who you got? Oof. I mean, I'm a big Taylor Swift fan, so I think I have to go with... <laughs> Well, that's been a great that that's been a great part of this conversation, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been uh, 
interesting having all those worlds collide. Yeah, it, and that's uh, that. It, the, the funny thing about it is, and uh, you know, so I, so I say, I guess based on that, you've got the Chiefs. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I got the Forty Nine ers. Sounds I, good. I, I, I have no, I have no, uh, I have no skin in the game, but uh, I'm, I've been a Forty Nine ers and Steelers fan since I was you know, a teenager. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I've stayed true to the 49ers and the Steelers. And yes, I know this is bears country and then, and we're in it, we're, we're in an NFC, uh, a city, but, um, I'm not going to lie. I've been a bear. I've been a, uh, a 49ers and Steelers fan for a long, long time. And I have my, my choice is, uh, going to go to the 49ers. So I think it's valid. This, time, valid. this time next Monday, one of us will be laughing at hey, the other one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but I think it'll be as, as there are many people hope it'll be a great game. I think it's going to be high, one of the highest watch games in a while, mm-hmm. um, by virtue of the fact that, uh, the 49ers are, are, uh, have had a great season as have the Chiefs. Um, and, you know, to, to loop this back to our ever, present conversation about politics uh i think that the 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 fact that people have an issue with taylor swift being you know uh in a relationship with uh with travis kelsey and the people who are opposed to that are are gonna be um rooting for them not to win yeah don't say they're necessarily rooting for the 49ers but they're rooting for them not to win the king yeah. and the chiefs and i think that uh that the folks who are in in favor of that relationship not that it really matters to anybody and they have any influence on it it cracks me up i mean I, I it cracks me up the things that people allow themselves to get stirred up about that really don't matter and i'm at fault for that too you know i can be watching a dramatic series and um you know all of a sudden critique why the show is going in the direction that it is knowing that i had nothing to do with it in the first place or the writing of the show but it's it's funny how um folks can get stirred up about things that they don't really have an impact on that doesn't mean that people aren't going to have an impact on this election uh but um i think that that's probably the ultimate reason that folks have um, gotten their, you know, their hair in a knot about Taylor Swift and, and uh, uh, Travis Kelsey's not because they're necessarily involved, but it's because of her positions on a great number of social and political issues and her her uh, her influence in getting folks to vote. Now, I'm certain that there's other fee- other people who have um, in their celebrity done that. Uh, in fact, we know that there are many people over the years. I mean, I can speak from watching the number of black athletes in the 60s and 70s. Um, there's that wonderful picture of, uh, I can't put all the faces that are, that are in the picture, but Jim Brown, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, um, the list goes on. Uh, Bill Russell that sat at a table during um, um, an important part of the civil rights movement speaking to the ills that are taking place, were taking place at that time. Ironically, if we were to take that, freeze it in time, and then overlay it with where we are today, you'd go, wow, um, the only difference is that you know, it's a black and white photo and the, and the clothing um, is, is representative of that, that, that era, but the issues haven't changed necessarily. And so when I said earlier in my opening that one of the things that you will definitely get from me in this, uh, this time slide on, the sh- on this, sh- this show is my observations are... Uh, not necessarily ones that are to be critical without something, something substantive and a solution. Uh, I believe that 
uh, strongly. And so, yeah, I'm going to be uh, very critical of the things that I see in here. Um, I, I always ask folks to, to chime in if they see things differently because I'm not necessarily in the business of trying to convince somebody that I'm right. But let's have a discussion about it and let's find out what the, what the forward's going to be. Um, and so I say this to uh, listeners Irrespective of where where you sit on an issue, um, I'm probably going to bring the perspective of my experience backed up by the data that I use to to create um, you know a, a thought process and a, and a way of, of of moving forward. So on that topic of sports and celebrity as it relates to their involvement in politics and social issues, one of the things that's obvious is that there are things that haven't been fixed. We've got a lot of wounds in our in our society, and a lot of folks are afraid to talk about it, or don't want to talk about it because they feel like it's going to, you know, it, it's a negative way of approaching issues. I don't see it that way. I think that that's probably one of the biggest issues um, that we have is not talking about issues that are they just keep, you know, sort of the wash, rinse, and repeat. If they weren't a problem, then people would would be able to have the capacity to move on from them. Um, so in this conversation about Taylor Swift and her registration of folks uh, to vote, that's not the first time that we've had a social, uh, uh, person, a celebrity, a a sports figure or whomever, uh, get involved in, in social issues. And I'm not going to just say get involved in politics, but get involved in social issues because, um, as I was as I mentioned this, the, the photo of, uh, of the athletes, Jim Brown and, and, uh, um, um, the guys that were at that table, basically what they were speaking to is what Colin Kaepernick was speak is speak, been speaking to the last number of years. And a lot of people seem to forget that and, and not, not forget it literally, but they forget that that's, that they were speaking to a societal ill that is part of our greater, um, conversation when it comes to what's, what needs to be fixed. So, You'll hear me say this a lot, um, and I think it's probably because it's something I truly believe in. If you're going to fix something, you got to get to the core of why it, it exists in the first place. Um, and we throw uh, uh, Democrats are, are are probably really good at this, and that's throwing a bandage over something that needs to be repaired first, in hopes that it doesn't uh, come back again. But you got to get in and fix it. And then once it's fixed, then you can put the appropriate healing um, and bandages and all that on it. Um, and I think this is a that's a, a broad statement. I know that it is, but I'm just I'm looking at it based on what I've experienced. And that's one of the reasons that we've got this festering frustration in many communities, segmented communities that are progressive and de- democratic communities, i.e. African-Americans, uh, our Hispanic communities, our Asian communities, uh, the LGBTQ communities. Um, there's a lot of bandages that have been thrown at issues, but not true fixes. Um, so this circles back to what I see is the frustration behind why people are, uh, yelling at the Taylor Swift involvement. It's because people who are on the left are supporting her because she's trying to make, um, have an impact on change. People on the right are hating on her because they don't want to see the change. It's not rocket science. But the people who are on the left recognize that we have work to do, but how much, how much effort are they going to put in to get that work done? 
So there's a lot of things that, you know, and I, I'm really, really excited about the idea that we're going to be able to cover a lot of different uh, uh, topics. And there's going to be a lot of things that are uh, brought to the table that we are going to touch on, but we may not have a solution in the days on every, on every day show. But I'm going to continue to lean in um, because I'm committed to us pushing and pulling in the same direction as progressives. I think that um, the more that we're able to talk about that and, and then, as I said, try to have some solutions or have some disco- uh, discussion around it, I think that's, that's going to be um, good for all of us. What's interesting, too, as it relates to um, this new show that that we now have, is that a lot of our um, uh, listeners are what's what's probably the best word I would use. A lot of our listeners are transitional. I mean, we've got a lot of different shows on WCPT. Starting in the morning, we've got you know my new show now. Uh, we've got Stephanie Miller following me, then then Tom Hartman, then we've got. Um, uh, we've got, uh, oh gosh, why am I drawing a blank on her name? Um, Joan Esposito. Joan, Joan Esposito in the afternoon. Then we've got uh, Patty Vasquez mm-hmm. later in the day. So we've got a full spectrum of, of, of shows, and we're all speaking to the same general idea. Uh, but we're going to approach it from a slightly different uh, angle, and that's, that's kind of what you're going to get from me here on uh, Choose Views. Uh, and yeah, and, and a shout out to Joan as well. So Joan, sorry about that if I didn't catch you at the beginning of the show. But um, I had a, uh, I had a uh, as I was talking about um, uh, Taylor Swift, I had a real interesting thought about this. So if the people who are opposing her right now are, you know, giving her hell about, you know, her involvement, uh, not so much with Travis Kelsey, but her involvement in, in, in red, uh, voter registration, uh, want to do a little historical perspective, they can look back and see as a, that at the number of people who have not been involved in politics that are now going to be involved. And if you look back when there's been the biggest amounts of change during an electoral season, it's when there are more, there are more people involved. Uh, where am I going with this? Um, I'm really leaning into what's happening in throughout the country when it comes to voter suppression. So, when most people think of voter, I, I, I've read that when most people think about voter suppression, they're thinking about it from the standpoint of um, a state putting obstacles in the way of people to be able to vote. And that is happening. That's been happening for decades. And the visual that comes to mind for me is looking um, is uh, Fannie Lou Hamer and uh her her wonderful phrase, she was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And her leaning into voting as a right for all Americans. So let's let's cast that forward from that part of the civil rights movement to now, given that we're in Black History Month, and look at voter suppression isn't just something that is a um, necessarily a physical thing that's done, but it's also a thing that's done mentally. And so when I look at the fact that Taylor Swift has leaned into this, getting people involved, getting people registered, I think about it more from the mental perspective as much, than I do just a physical, we're going to physically stop people from voting, which was much more prevalent in the 60s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, uh, more so in the 60s, 50s and 60s. So voter suppression is also done, and we see it now with all the... the um, the messaging that's on social media 
and other forms of media, not just just our social media, but our our regular or mainstream types of media. Voter suppression is keeping people from getting involved or being involved. Voter suppression that that today's version of it, I should say, is keeping people um, in in a state of a constant turmoil about should they vote or not. Um, and uh, should I get involved or not? Should I be doing something or not? And I think that that's a problem for so many people because the more people are out of the mix, um, which is part of the impact of suppression, the more people we're going to see that are least likely to see that the system is working for them. So I'm, I'm hoping that when we talk about voter suppression, we aren't just talking about it from the mechanism in terms of people being uh, thrown obstacles and not being able to vote, but also people who are less likely to participate in the process. So the number is 773-763-9278. The lines are open. Certainly give us a call for those of you who are awake. Some of you are probably just getting your, uh, getting your wheels in motion to get going. Um, we've had, um, um, you know, some, uh, we're going to come up to a break in a couple minutes, but um, we heard this past week that um, we had a loss of one of our uh, wonderful lifelong sort of radio personalities, and more than just a radio personality, but a a real stalwart in the in the space of um, uh, of civil and social rights, and that was uh, uh, Joe Madison, commonly known as the Black Eagle. And, you know, a lot of people have been talking about that loss, which has been, you know, a a tremendous loss in general. But I wanted just to take a moment and kind of highlight some of the things about um, about Joe's career. He was born in 1949, um, June 16th, 1949. And as we all alternatively have known him as a Black Eagle, American radio talk show host and activist uh, and was um, very prominently most recently on uh, Sirius XM's, Sirius XM's Urban View. Uh, he was a, na- a native of Dayton, Ohio, uh, went to Washington University in St. Louis, and of course uh, was awarded in 2019 with an honorary doctorate degree. Uh, but he began his radio career in 1980 um, in Detroit on uh, WXY, uh, I think it's WXYZ AM. And um, from there, got involved with uh, some of the sat- early satellite radio um, syndication work on Radio One. And uh, then he uh, went to WOL in 2013. Urban View was was his show um, on a time slot just like this from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. And um, he was uh, one of the record-breaking uh, activists that, as you all know and have heard, uh, he I think holds the world record, the Guinness World Record for um, the longest um, marathon radio show. So that's, uh, uh, you know, we've, we've heard a lot about him this week. In a personal life, um, he took a, um, uh, like many of us have been doing in recent, recent years, uh, DNA testing to uh, kind of search his roots and um, found his ancestry through Sierra Leone and Mozambique in Africa, the continent of Africa, and um, also found out that um, he, like many of us, have a blended uh, ancestry with regard to our country's uh, um, development, I'll put it that way. Uh, And he also found out that uh, his biological grandfather was included in the Tuskegee um, uh, syphilis experiments. So um, 
lived in D.C. with his wife, uh, Sharon, and uh, father and grandfather, a bachelor's degree, as I said before, from Washington University in St. Louis, and he will be missed, um, uh, passing away from prostate cancer. So, men, uh, get your stuff checked out because it's definitely a uh, reality that um, is becoming more and more discussed that prostate cancer is, is for real. And it is um, it's unfortunately grabbing the lives of, of way too many, too many people, too many men. Um, so now we're coming up on a break in a, in a couple of seconds. The number is 773-763-9278. Uh, happy to be here with Choose Views. Uh, happy to bring you some uh, great information, great news, great conversation, hopefully some laughter every now and again. And uh, I guess as Henry would say, uh, we'll be right back. We'll be right back. It's Choose Views with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, where facts matter. And hey guys, facts do matter. We're back. This is Richard Chu, Choose Views, 6 to 8 a.m., Monday through Friday here on WCPT. Happy to be with you. I hope you guys are getting up and getting your first cup of tea and a cup of java to get off to a good start on this Monday. Um, so the DNC is going to be here in Chicago this August, which is kind of exciting. It's been a while. Um, and I think the impact is huge. Um, this is probably the city that it should be in, this, this particular cycle. Um, Chicago is a powerful city politically. Obviously, we've got a big, strong economy here. Um, but Chicago's influence in politics uh, has been, it's legendary. Um, I would say that, um, and maybe this is not selfish, but a little bit of a Homer statement. Chicago has probably, or the, Chicago and the state of Illinois have probably had as much influence on politics nationally as any other state or city in the country. Um, notwithstanding, of course, New York, uh, and obviously DC, which is the house of our, you know, the seat of our democracy, if you will. But Chicago, um, and the state of Illinois have always been a player in what goes on in our, in our governments across the country. Um, I should say our governing across the country. And it's nice that the DNC will be here. Um, it's going to be a good thing for the, a good boost for the economy in the city and the county and, and the state, of course, the region is going to benefit from it. So I, I want everybody to lean into that. Um, if you, Call yourself a progressive liberal Democrat and you have belief in what the administration is trying to do and doing, then I think it's critically important that you find a way to get involved in this summer's activities. There'll be different events leading up to it. We'll talk about them a lot here on CPT. There'll be a lot of things that you can research and find, and we'll probably be posting things on the website. I know that... um, uh, we will have a website for Choose Views that you guys can pull information from as well. But I have to say that, um, you know, you, this is an opportunity for those of us who refer to ourselves as progressive liberal Democrats or leaning in that direction um, to get involved. Don't sit on the sidelines. In general, don't sit on the sidelines. But certainly this particular cycle, this summer, we have an opportunity to to show the country and the world what our 
our system can do. And it's going to take the help of the people who are most impacted by it. We're all impacted by it. I don't care if you're on the left or the right politically or in the middle. We're all impacted by the success of our country or um, the non-success. I won't say failure, but the non-success of the country. And it's critically important to get involved and stay involved. So this, the fact that we have the DNC here this year is, is an opportunity, and I want us to all take advantage of it. Um, I... I've probably grown a little bit um, oh, cynical is not the right word because that's not who I am. I am a very pragmatic person, but I've, I've grown a little bit uh, tired of folks who uh, yell from the stands and don't get in the game. I, I really have. You know, I, I'm uh, I've, I've been a, I've been on this planet for, you know, a few years I don't think I'll disclose my age. I'll let somebody guess what that is. And by the way, the number seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. But the thing that one of the things that I, I definitely have, have have embraced is not really being um, interested in just complaining without solutions. And I think that that's what a lot of folks have. Um, it's one of the things that I think is a um, an a result of where we are with social media. It's a platform for people to. Yell from the from the from the stands from the you know way up in the rafters the cheap seats, um, but what are the, what are people doing to affect outcome? And I'm all but begging folks, you have to get involved this time. We don't have the luxury, as I said in my opening, to sit back, just complain, and not do things. And you don't have to do everything. And you'll hear me say this many many times because it's what I believe in. You got to do something. And just complaining doesn't get anything done. And so some people have said to me, well, well Richard, what, what can I do? Um, so with the DNC coming to Chicago this year, this summer, the, one of the things to do is reach out to the, the, uh, to the committee. Um, Jamie Harrison is, the, is the, uh, the head of the organization. Reach out to his office starting now and find out what is it that in Chicago, I can do to be a part of this event. How can I volunteer? How can I help? Um, what are some of the things that I can do as it relates to social media? If you spend a lot of time there to, to further the, the conversation and to further the message, start off by simply calling the DNC's offices and asking them. And I'll, and I'll, um, try to provide you guys with numbers and, uh, websites and all that over the course of the next few weeks and months, but make a point of reaching out to them and asking them what can one do in the local market uh, to be involved. And that's, that's, a, that's an easy step. That's a quick step. Um, I'm going to broaden this thought in a, in a little bit as it relates to um, uh, being in Chicago, a blue city, being, being in Illinois, a blue state, and how people uh, can, can be involved in other races that are taking place uh, throughout the country. But I didn't want to uh, skip past too quickly on on um, on our uh, upcoming DNC, I think it's August seventeenth. I think I got my dates right, but that that it's going to be during that that week, um, that second and a half, third week of August. So it's a it's an exciting time to be involved in the event and be involved in our in our politics because um, we get a chance to lean into that. Um, so a couple things that that uh, that have taken place in 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 the last you know forty eight hours, and um, I know that. Um, that's it's it's probably going to be viewed by some as uh, an eye roll, if you will. But uh, President Biden went down to South Carolina and uh, campaigned for in, for in this primary. 
um, and did pretty doggone well. And I think that that's a, that's a thing that we can't just look by and say, okay, well, he, he did well because he wasn't really um, much of a, con, a contended or contested rather race. Well, he did well because I think the people there support and understand what he's trying to get done. And I don't think that um, it, it, I think it's going to be responsible to take the win lightly because the win is the win. But I think the bigger uh, picture on this is the fact that he won with the percentages that he did of the total voters in uh, South Carolina. I think 96 percent of the of the folks uh, showed up. That's huge. That's 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 super huge. It's a it's a big win. And. I, I was I was kind of laughing at, at two things. Um, so the comparison, um, Henry, is this. So, you know, uh, 45 won the Iowa caucus, which was as many people as you, me, and a few people down the street showed up. I mean, that, that, that's, uh, that's being sarcastic. But that is represent, a, re- a representative um, political action that doesn't really represent the 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 greater country, and people talked talk, talked about this for a long long time. There's nothing new. However, what I found more interesting are the number the numbers of people that actually participated in in uh, in the caucus. So, for example, I mean, I, I think it was 102,000 people total that were part of the caucus, and if that's that's not really a, a good representation. It is what it is, but I don't see it as something that people can really rest their hat on and say that, that uh, 45, um, you know, kind of ran through the tape to use a, uh, a, a track and field analogy. I think that when you look at the number of people that are participating in the primaries, we start to get a better sense of who we are really, um, or how, that's not who, but how many people are really involved in this overall election. And I think that right now, uh, with with uh, President Biden winning um, the South Carolina primary so so well, and had uh, a really good turnout, that that's kind of the 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 direction that they're going to want to see and continue seeing um, uh, President Biden do in, in the upcoming the other uh, upcoming primary. So my point and simple statement behind this is that. The representation in South Carolina was a little bit stronger than the representation that people thought it would be. I think a lot of folks thought um, that people were going to stay home because there's been this sort of going back to my point earlier about suppression. This, there's been this conversation around President Biden's not that popular. He's not an exciting candidate. And he may or may not be. Let's face it. He's old. He's 80 years old. I mean, 80s, 80s out there. I mean, we, we try to dance around it. And, you know, we're afraid that we're going to offend somebody. We say they're old. President Biden is taking it on. And I, and I applaud him for that because he knows that he knows what his age is. I mean, I think I think President Biden probably more than anybody on the planet knows how old he is. So if, if folks think for a minute that President Biden is not aware of his age, and the things that people might find um, not as likable about him as some other candidate, I think you're fooling yourself. He looks in the mirror every day and he looks at himself and says, I'm not the dude I was 20 years ago or hell, 10 years ago. He knows that. So I, I wish people would stop for a minute and ask themselves, what does it really do to say we wish we had a younger candidate? We ain't going to get one. We have the we have the do we have, and I think he recognizes that and hasn't run away from it. So, and I'm going to give President Biden. You'll hear me 
over the shows over this period of time say this. I'm going to give the man his flowers because I know what it was like to get up this morning to come here to do my show. So for him to get up to, quote unquote, run the country, I look at it differently than all the people who are out there saying or so many people not, that not everybody's saying this, but way too many people are that he's too old. He sees he gets up and sees himself every morning in the mirror and and accepts the fact that here's where he is. And he's tasked with something that he believes in and he's going to do his dead level best to get it done. So when I hear this conversation about President Biden being too old, I think that folks need to press their brakes a little bit and go. The dude knows that he is of the age that he is and he makes jokes about it. He embraces it. He's not once in my observation hurt. uh, uh, I've not once heard him say that he's not too old or not recognizing his age or anything that just tries to to take away from his 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 80s his 80 years of age i should say and i kind of applaud the dude for that because he recognizes it so why am i tying this back to the south carolina primaries because people showed up folks said that you know it it, that he wasn't going to get that he he wasn't going to turn out the voters and in two recent these two most you know uh, first two primaries he has and he's turned them out in good, strong numbers in two different communities of people. You know, I, you know, this, this conversation that's out there that I'll address a bunch of times over the, the weeks and months to come that, you know, uh, African-American voters are, 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 are turning away from uh, President Biden. And I'm not going to get into the, into the, into the numbers of, of that today. But trust me, I will in shows to come. I'm going to lean into that really hard. Um, and I'm going to show you some comparative analysis between that conversation and another one that we still need to be having. But that being said, folks showed up for President Biden this weekend. They showed up for him um, a couple of weeks ago up in uh, New Hampshire. So, you know, let's give him his flowers in that space. And um, whether it be predominantly African-American voters down in South Carolina and predominantly white voters in New Hampshire, folks still showed up. And I think that if it's irresponsible for progressives to keep furthering the narrative that the mainstream media wants to put out there that President Biden has lost his edge. I'm sure he knows what he's lost. I'm sure he he works on filling the void with something else to, to, that's still going to be that's going to allow him to be a productive president. I'm going to get into that. Not today in terms of the laundry list of what President Biden's done. I hear I hear all this. Uh, can't use that word, but I hear all this complaining about what President Biden hasn't done. Um, I'm looking at what he has done and what he is aspirational about getting done. Now, I have gotten, Henry, I will tell you this. I've gotten some slanted eyes from some uh, from a variety of different people when I've defended President Biden for what he has done. Because I don't think that you can fairly... I'm not saying and judge is not the right word, but I'll use it in this moment. I don't think you can fairly judge someone just on what they haven't gotten done, because then what do you do? You start going down the road of what they have, what a person hasn't gotten done versus what they have accomplished and being aspirational about going forward and getting more stuff done. I don't know President Biden. I don't know Vice President Harris, but I have to believe in their heart that their goal is to move the country forward. Not to make America great again, because America is great and, and highly imperfect with a whole bunch of scars and scabs. 
that lead, that needs a lot of work. But I believe that President Biden and uh, Vice President Harris are doing their best to move the country forward. And I, like I said, I'm going to get into the laundry list of the things that they have done and that they have accomplished and point out some things that they that they need to be leaning into. Um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the Middle East uh, some tomorrow uh, and, and probably again on Wednesday and my observations about what I think should be happening there or could be happening there from the administration. But I'm, I'm leaning into the South Carolina primary win for a reason. And it's about momentum. Um, President Biden did well in New Hampshire, obviously did well in South Carolina. And so now there's a little bit of momentum that's 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 picking up. We as progressives can't get in the way of that by being so um, negative, if you will, about what the president hasn't done or what the administration hasn't done to the point where we don't have the capacity to get in the game and move things forward. So listen, guys and gals, um, this win is important. And um, as I started off this segment talking about the DNC, uh, getting involved is important. And so um, take a quick peek. All right, I can hit this before we go to break. Um, if there's a if you're if you're concerned about what you want to what you, what you can do as it relates to this upcoming election, we're in election season now. And I think that with the numbers of people that are concerned about what will happen, Let's look at the numbers as it relates to if you're in a blue state, and we'll talk about this a lot. We're in a blue state. We're in a blue community from a voting standpoint, from a, from a political standpoint. And, um, you know, we're going to probably more than likely, uh, I should say the president's going to probably carry this state and get the electoral votes that are going to come out of Illinois. I and mean, I think we're at 21. Numbers have gone down a little bit over the last uh, two census uh, cycles, but um, we used to be at 24, I believe, 23, 24. We're now down to 21, and I'll make sure that's correct. You guys can call in and correct me if I'm not quite there. But the point I'm making is there are states that are purplish, and there are candidates that are running in states where we, and I won't even say states, I'll stay right here in Illinois. There are races that are happening here in Illinois that there is a uh, it's a purple community, a purple district, congressional district. So if you want to be impactful in this upcoming election, I think what you've got to do is a little bit of research to find out where there are candidates that have a, uh, a purplish race or they're in a they're in a purplish district. And this is a this is a, um, uh, a, a manner in which you can you can operate and be involved here locally in the state of Illinois and in the greater uh, races throughout the rest of the country. If you want to see, as I said in my opening, us hold the, uh, hold the Senate, potentially grow it, and most certainly flip the House, then a very easy, simple thing to do is to get involved in purple races. So um, when we'll, we'll bring some of those races to you by name and by, by a congressional uh, district over the next few weeks on this show. But gosh, what a way to be involved and have impact and not sit and, and just clutch your pearls. Get involved in these purple races. Because if if you think about it from, you know, mathematically or numerically, um, like I said, we're going to more than likely Illinois is going to go blue. It has for, for decades. 
Uh, I think the last time it didn't go blue was Reagan's first uh, first election, I think. All right. But let's get involved in other races than the ones that are right in front of you. And that can in, that can include things like phone calling. I know it may seem old school to a lot of folks right now who's calling people. Um, um, uh, letters and cards and all the things that are that are simple tools that allow you to be involved. Donating to those other races. Um, if you think that um, people are, people are consistently saying that, you know, how is 45 still staying relevant? It's because MAGA supporters are donating money to races and to candidates that are allowing MAGA elected officials uh, to stay in office. So we have to do the same thing. We've got to donate our, our, our resources, apply our resources to races that are not right here and just in this blue state, but races throughout the state of Illinois that are purplish and races throughout the rest of the country that are purple races. Um, that's an opportunity, as I see it. That's an opportunity to impact those other races. And I think we've got to continually, that's a drum I'm going to beat on. Get involved in these other races. Get involved in these other races. And I'll do my best through this show to bring you um, tools and information to help you in that process because that's going to further where we need to be, or I should say further where we are trying to go and how we have, how we have to try to get there. So I know that we're going to be coming up on a break and, uh, you know, I've, I've done this a few times, so I'm familiar with our breaks, but I don't want to, I don't like to blow past them, but at the same time, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to handcuff Henry and having to navigate the phones and at the same time, navigate our, uh, our, our upcoming breaks. But yeah, guys, um, this is uh, the newly launched show here on WCPT, Choose Views. Uh, the number is 773-763-9278. Um, we're going to take a break in a second, not right now. But I was saying a moment ago about the other races, and, and um, I'm going to do my best to bring you tools to get involved in those other races. Um, and not to uh, to swerve too, 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 too uh, rapidly off of where we are, um, but I want to circle back again to this DNC um, upcoming event here in Chicago. One of the things that um, I was asked a couple of weeks ago in terms of the the, um, uh, the convention is, what do I think will be some of the concerns that the, that the, uh, the powers that be should have? And I think that the big concern is going to be and then the, let, me, let, me, let me back up a little bit. The question was asked of me, do I think that this convention will have any of the um, uh, impact of what the, two, of what the 1968 um, DNC uh, did or convention did? And my answer was no, but I understand the basis of the question because of all that's going on in the country. And it is Chicago and uh, it is a, a city that we're dealing with. Um, the um, the migrant situation and how that's still shining a, a crazy light on the city of Chicago and how the city is handling it, handling that, how the county is and how the state is. So I do think that there's going to be uh, some protests that will take place, uh, most certainly. I do think that as the as the um, the conflict in um, Palestine is continuing and will continue to to be a concern, a big concern. Um, I do see there. I do believe that there will be protest on that subject. So I, I think it will be a um, temperatures raised. No pun intended, since it's going to be in the middle of August. I do think it will be a temperatures raised um, convention. 
I do think there will be protests by folks who are upset about, rightfully so, the the war, if you will, the conflict in in the Middle East, specifically Palestine and and Israel. I do think that the migrant situation is going to uh, be a, a one that will force a certain amount of protesting. I, I just see that that's going to be a reality. I don't think we're going to. I don't think that the the administration, the DNC, the elected officials locally can look away from that. And if I can give, and I will, um, um, Mayor Johnson and President Preckwinkle and Governor Pritzker, any words of advice, it would be to prepare for that now. And I, I would presume that they are talking about it. If they're not, they're fools. And I, yes, I did say that. If they're not, they're fools. Um, it's not going to. It's not going to go easy. It's going to be loud. It's going to be noisy. It'll. It might be messy. I don't mean people getting hurt or violent, but there will be. Um, there will be people who are going to speak their minds, and they should. So I. I would urge the mayor, uh, President Preckwinkle, and the governor and their administrations. Y'all need to be prepared because it's going to be. And, and and that's that's to me why the migrant situation has become an issue for this election in more ways than maybe some of the Democratic leaders are are thinking about. And that the, in my mind, the illegality of what Abbott, which we'll talk about more after the break, and uh, DeSantis have done by basically de- deporting people to another state in the United States um, is an illegal act, but we'll get into that. But I'm, I'm going to stand at the ANC piece real quick before we rush to this break. I think that it's important that the administrations of those three different entities politically here in Illinois have got to lean into that this is going to be an issue and there will be protests and they've got to be prepared for it. They have to be prepared for it in terms of making sure that there's the appropriate amount of law enforcement to protect everybody as much as they need to work with the federal government and the DNC to make sure that there aren't any acts that create violence and cause death. Um, they got to talk about it. They got to be prepared for this because it's a reality. So I'm hoping, and I'm, and again, I'm lending, uh, giving my opinion, uh, my recommendation to those three plus the DNC that they got to be ready for that because that's com- it's coming. It's, it's not something that they can look away from. So the number seven seven three seven six three nine two seven eight. We've got uh, folks, a couple folks that are on the line. We'll grab those calls after the break. But uh, Henry, can we lean into this break? Are we all right? We are all right. It's Choose Views with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. What's up? What's up, Chicago? This is Richard Chu. This is Choose Views, and happy Monday morning. We've just hit the 7 o'clock hour, so some of you guys are probably awake now and getting your uh, first cup of coffee and leaning into your day, hopefully. Uh, Henry and I are here just making sure that we can uh, bring you guys a great message. I'm excited about being here. First show, not first show on WCPT. You guys know me from um, the family meeting with uh, the great Eric Grant and uh, the opportunities that I've had to sit in for uh, Joan Esposito and uh, Santita Jackson, who will be continuing to do great work here in the Chicago media um, area. Um so, you know, one of the things before we went to the break, we we're talking about getting involved in other races, purple state race or purple. I call them purplish races. That's kind of a Richard's making up of a word to make a point. But some of the purplish uh, races that are going on 
uh, here in Illinois and in other states. That's a great way for anybody to get involved, and you got to do it. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll beat, the, I'll, I'm going to beat this drum to death. You got to get involved in these other races. Just because you voted, I'm going to say this, and it'll, it'll probably, um, it'll probably pinch a few people, but that's okay. I heard this a lot, uh, Henry, during uh, right after President Obama was elected. And a lot of people, a lot of progressives, a lot of liberals, a lot of Democrats say, yeah, you know, I voted for Obama. And, you know, patting themselves on the back. Okay, great. That's great. And I know that the, the other part of that sentence was I voted for the black guy. Okay. I just know that because yeah. I know where it came from. I get that. And I respect the fact that people needed to say it to make themselves feel better that they voted for the black dude. I get that. I've been black all my life. You hear me say that many, many times. But what happened, what didn't happen, is between the election of President Obama and the midterm elections of 2010, a lot of people said didn't get back out to vote of all stripes. And that's reckless it's not responsible when it comes. And I think a lot of people, let me put it this way. I don't think a lot of people saw the impact of not being out and voting and participating in the 2010 midterm. Because what happened is, and, and this is, this is the, the, the credibility part to why you got to stay in the mix, stay in the game, and stay in the fight. We didn't hold the house. And so when people say, oh, Obama didn't do enough, he didn't do this, he didn't do that. I've said this before. I'll say it again. And if I, if I, and if I, if I ran into the dude at an event, I'll say, listen, I wish you had had more, you had, you had pulled more of the, of the power that you had. He got criticized the other day by crazy A Nikki Haley. I believe it was Nikki. Yeah, it was Nikki Haley. I'm, I'm certain of that now that he, um, used executive orders a lot. To get things done. Well, does she under, this is why, this is, you know, I've, 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 my voice is woken up now. This is why I have a, one of the many reasons I have a problem with Nikki Haley. And I'm going to circle back to my original point, but I want to, since I dialed into that, I'm going to lean into it. She doesn't understand that as it relates to what President Obama did do or how many times he did use executive orders, that's directly correlated to the fact that he didn't have a Congress that he could work with. Now, I'm not going to blame Nikki Haley for that. I'm going to blame the voters who showed up to vote for him, to vote him in office, but didn't show up in the midterms to help him keep the power that he had when it comes to getting legislation done. He used the word brinksmanship a lot because that's what was happening. John Boehner was standing in the doorway, not for progress, but to keep things status quo. That's documented. That's not my opinion. So... What I'm saying as it relates to involvement in purplish states or purplish races, let me try to keep that clear. You can't just vote in the national election. You have to look at what's happening down ticket, what's happening in your area. And when we do that, as the phrase has been used by so many of us that are you know, progressive voices, from me to Joan to Stephanie Miller to Tom Hartman, the list goes on, the late Joe Madison, when we're involved, when we show up, we win. And we win for the betterment of the country. So let me tie this together as best I can as it relates to purplish races. 
you can't if we're, if we're in a blue state from a voting standpoint, standpoint where the numbers are get involved in those purplish races because had President Obama, in my belief, and to some extent data is going to support this, had a house that he really could have worked with, then Nikki Haley, he would have had less of a need for the use of executive orders. One. Two, legislation would have been passed that would have been for the betterment of the country. I mean, we know that that his big piece of legislation was the Affordable Care Act, commonly known as Obamacare. But let's be honest, that was a struggle that didn't have to be the struggle that it was. It was a good struggle. It needed to be so that people understood the importance of it. At the same time, I think that there were so many other pieces of legislation that did not get brought to the floor to vote on because we didn't have the House. Okay. Had President Obama had the House, had folks shown up rather than just patting themselves on the back, that they voted for the black dude to get him into office and he had had the support he needed in Congress, more would have gotten done. So when I hear people say, oh, Obama didn't do enough. Okay. Specifically, what didn't he do enough of? And the incident, not having the House, it was just... That, that made it extremely difficult for him to get work done. I mean, if you, if you understand civics, you understand politics in that regard, that, that was a huge part of why um, he wasn't able to get certain things accomplished. Now, that's not to say that he could have done better jobs and did in, er- in different areas. I, I recognize that. But give him the House, man, and a Senate that was behind him, it's amazing what he could have gotten done. And that's, if you think about it, since then, there's been this splintering of the House and the Senate Actually, I would say that goes back to Clinton with uh, with with um, Newt, Newt Gingrich, because he said made it clear, you know, we're the opposition party. Our job is to oppose the president. No, your job is to legislate for the country. But he was too stupid to to recognize that. And I, yes, I did say he was too stupid because he was and too obstinate. But there you go. All right, let's grab a couple of these folks that have been holding on the line to chat with us this morning. Let's talk to Dave in Hoffman Estates. Good morning, Dave. How are you? Good morning, Richard. Uh, congratulations on uh, the new show. Thank and, you. Uh, hope the last guy that I had called uh, when he had an inaugural show right at the beginning like this, and you know, I was about uh, two calls, you know, was the late Dave Dick K. Uh, so, what, what, uh, whose shoulders the people in Chicago are standing on. Say that again. Because you know, I... Of whose shoulders you host in Chicago are standing on. Oh, well, I will tell you, first of all, thank you for that and that reminder. And I'm always going to recognize the shoulders that I stand on um, because I do stand on a lot of shoulders. So I appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, hopefully you get the same length of time. I mean, he was just uh, 14 years before. Yeah. Before we lost him. But anyway, but. Anyway, I was going to talk about, like you mentioned, about Doctor about uh, the Black Eagle there, Joe Madison. If you recall, on the Sunday show, I, I mentioned to you and and Eric that time that I was watching that show, Finding Your Roots, with Doctor Henry Louis Gates Jr. Yep. And he and I told you, with Doctor Gates, you know, when he did the background check, and he told me, did you know that your grand, your great great grandfather was a soldier in the Confederate Army. He fought in the Confederate Army. Yeah, and, he did. And he just, just blew him away. He was laughing. And then 
one of them, I don't know if it was Dr. Gates, I might have been him that said, but just speak now. You can go to the Sons of the Confederate. <laughs> so yeah. the meetings that they have every year. And, and uh, Joe Donison said, wouldn't that be a hoot? <laughs> well, you know, here's the, here's the thing about not just that with regard to Joe Madison. Yeah, he, he found out that his uh, great-great-grandfather uh, was a white Southern Confederate. Okay? So when I talk about my history or anybody else's history in the country— um, I think it's a great an act of courage to look at your family history and not just the one that is the one that's popular or the one that is, a, is in alignment with where you are today as a human being in the United States of America. We are a country of immigrants and migrants. And we are a country of people who were enslaved and doggone it. We need to stop head faking on that because that's the truth. So Joe Madison had that history in terms of his, his, his uh, ancestors, but it didn't stop him from doing the things that were right for the most amount of people in America. And that's the part right. where, where you got to, I mean, you're right, Dave, but we, look, you got to look at it. You got to say, okay, I mean, yeah, I have, I have ancestry that did some crazy stuff. Yeah. Well, and like I, I told you guys before that my ancestry is up in Scandinavia and it's very monolithic. I know that they, in fact, my, um, Niece, I've had it done, and obviously she's half, you know, but ours, you know, like my sister and myself, it's all Finnish, you know, so. Yeah. But, um, and, <laughs> but, but let me close out with this one, too, that, um, and they are very liberal and very progressive country, too, if you might uh, look into it. They uh, tried running, they, back when President Obama was running, they had a guy that was gay that was running for president. He came in, I think, like second. And and they were like the first country in Europe to give women the right to vote. You're talking and about, that, fin- you know, did, I, did you say Finland? Day? I'm sorry, Finland. Finland. Yeah, I, Finland. Correct. I, I Finland. did not know that. I, I mean, I know I've always... But like Australia or New Zealand were the very first ones to give women, but of the European countries, Finland was the first to give them the right to vote. Yeah. So, well, so they're very progressive, but uh, let me leave you with this one so you can get to the other guys home. I just got to one, and it's back to Joe, the late Joe Madison. Do you think, remember about a year or so ago, he went on that hunger strike? Right. For, for that, I think it was for some kind of voting. For voting. Thing, if I remember. For voting rights, yes. I wonder if that aggravated this condition he was in. I thought about that too last week. I'm not going to lie. The first, one of the first things that popped in my mind is that I wonder if that aggravated it. It's possible. I mean, you know, we don't know. I'm not a doctor. I've, you know, I've, I've had enough yeah. things done to me to think I might be a little bit med- medically astute, Dave, like I'm sure you probably have. But yeah, I, I'm like you on that, man. I, I, it did cross my mind, and, and I, I wonder. All we can do, though, in this regard, I mean, I know that we all come from wherever we do with regard to our faith and our spirituality is just, you know, lend our support to his 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 wife, Sharon, uh, commonly referred to as Sherry. And we need to make sure as as guys, particularly African-American, but all guys, we we have to be really, really, really vigilant about um, our health. I'm not going to say just in terms of um uh, prostate uh, concerns. I, I read an article um, recently about that, but what I'm 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 conscious of it. But I'm 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 super, yeah. I'm super conscious of my health, and um, I just recently had um, carpal tunnel sur- surgery, 
And, oh, wow. and yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm thankful, you know, not to, not to dive too far, but just to kind of keep you on this point. We have to be mindful as men of our health. And, it, and I'm talking about what goes in our mouths, what we do in terms of exercise, what our mental health is, what our, our spiritual health is. Um, emotionally, a lot of us, um, you know, kick the can down the road. Let's just be honest. And we can't do that. If we care about our families and we care about what we are trying to accomplish, we have to do that. And um, do that, that being making sure that we're on top of our health. Um, and we've all, all of us that have been blessed to, to get past the age of 50, particularly know what that's all about. I think that Joe Madison, um, I mean, when he launched that hunger, tr- hunger strike for voting, um, I, you know, I, I, I remember thinking when I first heard about it, I was like, well, damn, he's a pretty thin, you know, thin built dude in the first place. Um, but, you know, I wonder what, and Henry's back in the background laughing because Henry's pretty thin, thin, slight dude as well, tall and thin. But, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. Dave, we just have to keep our fingers crossed that Sharon can pull through this. Losing anybody, is, it, it's awful. Um, and, and we want to we want to just pass on that strength to to her and, and the rest of their family. So glad I'm, I'm glad you're doing yeah. well, Dave. Thank you for calling. Mm-hmm. Call in any time. I always appreciate your perspective. And, um, yeah. you know. Like I say, best of luck, and I'm sure in some future shows there may be some stuff that I bring that may tweak you off, too, that you don't <laughs> particularly care. But uh, that's the part of the free speech that we promote, correct? That's what we promote. That's exactly right. I got big shoulders, yep. so I can handle it. Yep. All right, Dave. Cool. Anyway, talk. Good luck. Have talk a great week. Good. Thanks, man. Bye now. Yeah, Dave's a, Dave's a great guy. And he definitely, um, from all of my experience of talking with him over the, the times when he's called into the family meeting and when he's called into uh, Joan's show when I've sat in and, and, and all, he's um, he definitely has that observation that's a little, but might be viewed as a little bit of a, a skew, but it does make you think about, you know, this stuff. Because I, I do remember when he called in on the family meeting saying that, um, and he did, I don't think he knew who it was, but he said there was a person that was on Dr. Gates's show that it was discovered that his great, great grandfather was a member of the Confederacy. Well, I mean, the, the reality behind that conversation is that's nothing new. Um, it, I mean, let me, let me, let me clean that up a little bit. That's nothing new for, uh, African-Americans to find out that they have family members who were part of the Confederacy or that were quote unquote at that time, Republican, um, because of the fact that our ancestry is skewed by the impact of enslavement. So when I hear that, that, uh, that fact or reality brought to the table, I'm not surprised by it. I know my ancestry well enough to know that um, there, are, there are dotted lines of European ancestry when I look at my mother's side of the family compared to my father's side of the family. I, I recognize that. And... Um, you know, I'll probably lean into and talk about that over the over the uh, weeks and months to come in terms of how that impacts my view of the world. Uh, but that being said, a um, couple things that uh, I think were surprises and and um, uh, surprises may not be necessarily the right word, but certainly optimistic things about what's happening with our economy. I mean, last week was a just superb win for all of us. And see, that's the thing that you know. I, I get. I'm going digre- to digress for a moment. One of the frustration points about when I hear Republican leaders and Republican voices talk about what the, you know, what's, what's wrong with our country and, you know, Biden's not doing this and Biden this and Biden that and this whole MAGA movement is that at the end of the day, 
I don't see anything in the Biden administration that is designed to hurt the country. I mean, designed to hurt people. Now, people might say the approach isn't you know, the best approach on a particular subject matter, but I don't see that as something to hurt folks and to take away from folks and to make people's lives more difficult and challenging. I don't see that. So when I talk about um, or, or, you know, something that's a success that the Biden administration has been able to pull off, it's because it's designed to help the greatest amount of people. Okay, and we will get into the southern border issue. You notice I didn't say the border because we got four borders. We have two that are airborne and, and, and waterborne, and we have two that are land-based. We have two borders, y'all. North, south, east, and west is in terms of you know, you know, how our country is laid out. And we, you know, the, the, the world is not flat. Okay. So to the, to the conversation about Biden's successes and most recently the success of the stock market last week and the Dow and the S&P set new records. And what's exciting about that is, you know, if the market is not the economy, the economy is not the market. But if the markets are performing well, then that is always a bright spot for our overall economy because I, I, I see, to the extent that I can speak to this as a financial um, a person, that a strong market represents a strong sense of value in how the country is operating financially. It just is. I mean, that's, that's kind of one of the things that's a staple of how we're built. So we had a great week last week when it comes to um, how... It, you know, we, we, um, how, how stocks performed stocks performed at a, at a very, very, we were at a very strong pace last week. And I'm excited about the fact that not only did stocks do well or the stock market in general do well, but our jobs report was just crazy cool. I mean, 353,000 new jobs in January. Yes, it's the beginning of the year. And, you know, I, I understand how companies determine how they're going to go about their hiring. They tend to slow down at the end of the year and they peak up at the beginning of the year, which is why people who were disappointed that the jobs numbers were a little bit off from prediction in, in November, December. Well, that's baked into the sauce. Every year we're going to see a little bit of a downtick because it's the end of the year. Companies ramp up for the new year. So the num- but the numbers were higher than projected for January. Uh, that's a good thing. And so the people who were being detractors and saying, oh, Biden's uh, jobs numbers are good because people are all the people that got laid off and fired are coming back to the marketplace because of covid. OK, well, if that's partially partly true, that's still a good thing. My position on this is if it's a good thing, it's a good thing. You can't make that good thing political just because your boy's not in office. Okay? You have to look at the net result and say, is that good for the country? We're a consumer-based economy. If the jobs are up, if people are getting hired, people are working, they're more than likely. Here's two things, because I, I, I got I get criticized uh, uh, a while back by saying we're a consumer-driven economy. We are. But when the criticism came, the way in which I kind of worked through that conversation with this individual was they said that not everybody is a consumer and spends all their money. My comment was, I didn't say that everybody spends all their money. I said, we're a consumer-driven economy. We buy stuff. We consume things. We use things. We wash, rinse, and repeat. 
we go to the grocery store on some sort of cyclical uh, basis, and whether it be weekly or whatever it might be. So that's about sustaining ourselves. So we are a consumer-based economy, and that's okay. The global economy is a consumer-based economy. So when our employment numbers are up, the reason that that's significantly, significantly important is because people are wash, rinse, and repeating their income. They're putting it back into the economy. They're spending it on things that they need to sustain themselves. They're spending it on things that they have to take care of, the regular bills, you know, the gas, the electric, the, you know, the, the car note, the mortgage, the rent, uh, on and on. And by doing that, we prosper as a community. So the more people that are doing that, the better our overall economy performs. So when I hear someone say, yeah, but Richard, you know, the uh, Biden's job numbers are um, a result of people coming back to work as a result of the layoffs and the and the firings from COVID. Okay, great. People are back to work. That's a good thing. If the numbers are up because of that, in part, that's a good thing. If there are then on the other side of that conversation, people who are now finding new jobs because they're new to the marketplace or they've come back for other reasons, that's a good thing. So as much as I can be critical of things, I'm always trying to find the optimistic side of it, which in this case is if we've got an increasing stock market, if our Financial markets are looking strong, and yes, we've had to deal with inflation, and that's another topic that I'll lean into, not today, probably not even this week. But if our job numbers are up, that means people are going to use, they're going to save. Listen, if, if Henry, you save, you save as much as you can for what you get paid working at WCPT. you got to take care of your bills. you got to take care of all your stuff. But you try to squirrel away a little bit of money. So even in that part of the conversation, folks are saving money if they're back to work. People are spending money if they're back to work. And, you know, it's again, it's wash, rinse and repeat. And there's nothing wrong with that. So I need I need folks to to spread the word that the economy going the economy doing well is beneficial to everybody and that the job numbers increasing is good for everybody. And stop looking at this as. Biden's numbers are tied to folks coming back after COVID. That is part of the calculus. There's no doubt about that. However, we've moved forward from that just being the reason that the job numbers have been looking good. I think there is a um, a growing uh, sense that people are feeling like they're because they're they're back to work and because they're able to be involved in the economy that we live in that their lives are getting better. And as much as we're not talking about that, I do see that that is a reality. And I recognize inflation has got a lot of people, is on a lot of people's minds. But um, Henry, should we go to a break right now and then come back and grab these calls? Let's do it. All right. We're going to take a quick break. The number is 773-763-9278. You're listening to Choose View with Richard Chu on WCPT 820, Chicago's progressive talk. Hey, guys, we're back. Thanks for uh, hanging with us this morning. Hopefully everybody's waking up on this uh, Monday. Uh, Choose View, 773-763-9278. We're going to go to the phones real quickly. And I think we have a caller whose name might be Karen. 
Hey, good morning. Hello. Good morning, my friend. I am so excited um, to be calling into the first day of your show. Um, Listen, I just want to say thank you so much for talking about um, the economy. Um, You know, President Biden and Democrats in general um, really need to get more comfortable with bragging about the great news about this recovery. Um, Economists have um, referred to it as not only a soft landing, but a miracle. And they really do need to get better about bragging about it. And the media needs to stop with the caveats surrounding the great news. And they need to stop peddling the myth that Republicans are better on the economy, better for the deficit and debt. It is you talk about data driven, you know, information. The data shows that our economy and deficits go down under Democratic leadership. If Biden. Oh, no. Karen, call back. I don't know what happened. Um, you were right in the middle of a great point. I'm going to pick up what Karen was. She probably hit her, hit her button. I don't know. Um, but yeah, listen, the soft landing conversation for the economy, actually, you know, how about normal? How about she's back? Okay, cool. I don't know what happened, Karen. You must have sat on your phone, but <laughs> I know I didn't. I don't know. It must be a bad spot in my house. I'm not sure. Um, but no, I mean, it just it really it, it, we just have to they have to stop with that. The data shows that um, the economy and our deficits go down under Democratic presidents, yeah. um, uh, and you know. There might be, you know, slightly higher now, but that's because we're coming out of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Our economy really was struggling for a little bit. And, you know, I just feel that if we can all come together, reelect President Biden and Kamala and VP Harris, that we will absolutely get to the point where people are going to start seeing those prices coming down at the grocery store um, again, you know, because that's, I mean, I will be honest, that's where I feel it. You know, when, well, when I go and buy food, you know, it's true. Yeah. I mean, Karen, I mean, and great point. Stay with me for a second on this. The soft, the, 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 the conversation around, um, soft landing. I mean, how about no, no landing? I mean, cause the truth of the matter is a lot of folks don't realize this because they just, to your point, just get the sound bites of the, of the portrayal from mainstream media that the, con- uh-huh. the economy was supposed to slow down. Um, and achieve quote unquote a soft landing because of the the higher interest rates um, that were orchestrated mm-hmm. by, the, by the Fed. Well, in reality, it hasn't, and as a result, the account the economy actually grew. I think my numbers are right: four point eight, four point nine percent in the third quarter. Um, and you know th- that to me is. Uh, pretty stellar, and it was like three point five percent during the last three months of the year. So, of the la- the second half of twenty twenty three, if you combine those numbers, and you some economists say you can't really do it this way, but just to look at that to say and that averages at like a three point nine ish percent. That's pretty doggone good. And it sure is. The first, even right now, the, the 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 things that I'm reading are saying that we're looking at an over three and a half percent growth this first quarter. So that's pretty strong. And I'm going to lean into that a little bit more. And of course, I'm going to high five out to you to to bring to bring your data and your information because I trust so much what you have to say and 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 the and the research that you do. But um, 
Yeah, you know, you know me. I'm going to lean into the things that we're doing well, call out the things that can be done a little bit better. And that's my, one of my goals with the show is to make absolutely certain that we don't leave anything on the table because we do have to, Karen, push our democratic uh, elected officials to speak a little bit more robustly about the successes mm-hmm. of the administration. That doesn't mean that they're not keeping an eye on the things that need to be tended to. At the same time, to continue to galvanize and have have a level of excitement and a reason to vote for something rather than (laughs) against something else, they do have to kind of pat themselves on the back a little bit. I agree with you. And can I just, can I add as well, because you talk about, and when people have... extra money in their pockets, they're going to go out and they're going to um, stimulate the economy, right? Yep. Um, so, but this is, this is a story. So I have, um, my dentist is a small black, uh, black owner, uh, business owner, and she, um, she was telling me the story about how she um, had her student loan forgiven. And I think I told you this story. Mm-hmm. When she came out of school, dental school, this is 25 years ago, she had $350,000 of student loan debt that was accruing interest, right? There was compounding interest. By the time um, her debt, student loan debt, was forgiven, it was 480000 Dollars. Mm. Okay, so once that was forgiven, she told me she was able to give every one of her staff members a raise, and every single one of her staff members then were had you know some savings, could use their additional money. She could invest in her business and the and the people who work for her. So when people complain about student loan debt being, um, you know, eliminated and, you know, it is, they're just, it is so short-sighted and I don't think they truly care about the economy, the health of the economy. And and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, despite, can I just add this, despite the fact that the Supreme Court stopped them from continuing with it, they have still continued um, to find a path towards relieving people of their debt. Yep. And that's that that's a, that's another one of those items that's a box check that they're going to have to speak about because there's a direct correlation. And, and this is why I mean, because I'll give the Republicans credit for, for this thing. They're not stupid to not know that that Democratic success administration mm-hmm. success benefits everybody and it's going to further the success of the Biden administration. I mean, it's kind of a cyclical thing. So the reason they're blocking mm-hmm. and not talking about the successes is because they know that that means that the, the, the Democratic leadership will continue to prosper. So to your point, circling back to your African-American female dentist, praises to her for running mm-hmm. her business in this economy. Mm-hmm. The fact that she could break down and say, listen, I now have to pay out less per month, per whatever, in this student mm-hmm. loan that it a lot. Let's just look at this, people. Think about this. The money that she was paying on those loans did not contribute to the betterment of the immediate economy that she has the ability to impact. The ability to no longer have to pay on those loans allowed her to give her staff more money more security, more certainty to then allow them Mm -hmm. to contribute to the betterment of the economy. So when I hear someone like you, Karen, I agree with you, that complains about 
loan forgiveness, I think, man, you, either you're just stuck on yeah. stupid or you don't get it. Mm-hmm. We, we live in an economy that is cyclical in that regard. Karen, I got to grab a couple more calls before we wrap up. Absolutely. Thank know- you so much for giving me some time and I love you and um, best of luck. And I will, I will, you'll be hearing from me again. I hope so. You better call. All right, Karen, have a great day today. Talk to you soon. All right, um, let's kind of do rapid fire if we can. Henry, let's grab Big Art here and say, hey, good morning, fellow. How are you? I'm fine. I'm fine, Rich. Um, uh, happy uh, 2024. You too. I called to congratulate you on your new show. Thank you. I actually just heard about it Friday. Um, I was <laughs> like, okay, well, what happened to Santita? You know, because I, I, my sleep schedule, I've been staying up way too late and being sleeping in too late so i've been missing her show a lot but i just happened to be up and uh heard about this i'm like okay you know uh, i mean did uh santi to leave on her own volition to pursue other uh, uh opportunities she's still that do- what happened she's, or? St- she's still doing uh local broadcasting here in chicago and she is still a part of the the message um in the community um and so you know like i said at the beginning of the show um, high five to Santita for the, her legendary work in the community. So, um, you know, you'll still hear her voice and, and, um, you can still find her on social, I mean, on, um, I guess you could say social media. So, yeah. What yeah, else? What yeah, else? Okay. Yeah. Cause I, I woke up about six, six, six twenty, six thirty, whatever. So yeah. I call you. Good. I appreciate it, man. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that, uh, you've always, uh, had great contributions to us on the family meeting and I expect that you will continue to do that. And, and certainly I'll be your voice in the mornings and, uh, maybe with a little bit more resonance than, uh, than others. But, uh, yeah, man, we, we look to do some great stuff and, and keep this conversation alive and keep folks like you, Big Art, in the mix. So we, we, as much as you wish me well and wish us the show well, um, we, we certainly appreciate you calling in and every time you got something on your mind, no matter what the topic is, if I'm, if I'm not talking about something you want to talk about, you have carte blanche to call in and say, Hey, Richard, I want to talk about this for a minute. I promise you that. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. I've somewhat earned my stripes a little bit in this big <laughs> mix of, uh, there you go. controversy and everything that's going on in this wild and crazy country of ours. It's really a, a phenomenon. It, just amazing. I'm just so grateful that the good Lord has let me live as long as I have. Absolutely. To uh, see and experience so much of uh, the good things. And, uh, of course, you're going to have the bad things, too. Well, I expect, um, I, know, expect what, I expect you to call in and talk about those things. Don't sit there and stare oh, at the I wall. I ex- I'm, I'm serious. I'm, I'm, put, a, I'm putting that on you. Yeah. I expect you to call in and talk okay, about those I things. Okay, I will. <laughs> if, if I'm up and uh, if it's like around somewhere between six and seven, I'll, I'll turn on my radio and and listen to, and listen to it and contribute if I can. Absolutely. Uh, what, do, what, uh, I was so sorry to hear about uh, uh, the Black Eagle Joe uh, Joe Madison passing yeah. away. Um, he was such a, a, a major force. Yeah, and, he uh, definitely was. And, uh, and the good and the good things that that need to be moved move forward in this country. It's, it's, it's just he's just he put up such a great fight. Uh, I, I tell people all the time, you know, once you hit 60, yeah, I mean, you put, brought it all the way down to 50, but once you hit 60, you better start taking a little closer look at yourself and taking better care of yourself, even Absolutely. if you think you're in just this so-called perfect health, because uh, in my situation dealing with the cancer, in fact, I can't tell you how many uh, 
uh, MRIs, CAT scans, and PET scans. I didn't even know there was a thing called a PET, PET, PET scan. Right. And uh, because of all those, you know, the doctors and the specialists have looked me over. And if there was something else going on, they would have found it. Right. You know. That's the goal. That's, that's one of the positives that came out of me having to treat my cancer. Yeah, I know exactly um, what you mean. And I'm doing well. I'm doing well with that, you know. Doing well with that. As, uh, in fact, in fact uh, you can be the first to congratulate me this early morning. Okay. Uh, I, hit 60, I hit 65 today. Hey, happy birthday. Congratulations. I'm just sorry, yeah. sorry we didn't have any birthday music prepared for you, but you got my happy uh, birthdays to you. <laughs> Uh, that's, 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 I appreciate that. Uh, later on, my daughter, she'll be coming by to grab me after she drops off the grandkids in school. Excellent. We're going to have a little birthday breakfast. So Awesome. Yeah, right, this is well, all good. I, I, I appreciate every day, every week, month, and year that the good Lord gives to me. So, uh, politics, uh, if you don't think Nikki, all uh, you folks out there, if you don't think Nikki Haley going to sign a few of those uh Executive orders, if she gets in, which she won't, <laughs> you out of your mind. You're being very naive. Man, okay? is that so true? That uh, is so true. I mean, that's that's odd. I think uh, the Don, <laughs> the Don, I think that's all he did the first 48 hours to a week or whatever. He, he, must, he had a pile of executive orders reversing everything good and positive that the uh, 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 Obama administration had done. Well, the know? only the only real significant piece of legislation, and I'm gonna I'm gonna let you go, uh, Art, and, and grab you again um, when you call back this week. But the only sure. uh, only big thing, Art, Art, have a great week and happy birthday. Thank you so much for giving us a holler this morning, and we'll be here for you. The only big piece of legislation that 45 got in was uh, that, that got passed was really orchestrated by Paul Ryan, which was the tax debacle, which now is coming home to roost. Um, and we'll get into that in, in the shows to come. Um, but I, um, I want to give a quick shout out and we're going to grab this quick call, um, um, uh, after this, but I want to give a quick shout out to my man, Rick, uh, uh, Rick K down in Florida. He called in and, and, uh, probably had to go walk the dog or something. So he wasn't able to, to hang on, but, uh, I know he'll probably give us a call back in the, in the near future. But, um, shout out to my friends, uh, Rick and Jim down in Florida, who are listening to us, and we greatly appreciate your support. Let's grab Ted calling. Good morning, Ted. How are you? Welcome to Choose Views. Yeah, welcome you, Richard. You're one of those guys like a great singer. We could listen to you read the phone book with your soothing <laughs> voice. Man, thank uh, you, Ted. Happy morning to yeah, you. No What's problem. going on, man? Well, you know what? I, I, I keep trying to drive home two main points. First of all, and if I could get them both in, I'd appreciate it and then have your comment. First one is on immigration, no matter what you hear from the people, it's what you said, the economy. All economies, economists agree that the more people you have, the better economy. At the highest level, we are competing against countries with billion people, India and China. So you are going to, no matter what you hear, you're going to see continued allowing people to flow in and continued fights against abortion because at the highest levels, we believe we need more. We just need more people for our economy. You know, we need more of our own indigenous people through limiting abortion and more immigration through letting those borders float so that we get workers. Ultimately, I don't care what anybody says at the highest level, the powers that be, that's the way they look at it. Mm -hmm. And my second one is on the economy. This is tied in. What you're seeing now is what I call the great ingratitude. 
things have never been better. I'm 65 years old, too. I've never seen more money flowing around than, than right now. But yet people, because of their political views, want to blind themselves to that. So I unfortunately believe that it is God's will that this is all going to be taken away to teach a lesson. And it's going to start with the stock market. Richard, you're a financial advisor. Stock market is bulbously high right now. And everybody's all in. I'm out. Everybody's all in. If that stock market falls, everybody loses their retirement yep. and everything else. So keep, keep complaining about a great economy and a great president, a non-drama president, Richard, right? And watch That's what happens. A true leader. A true leader doesn't create drama. A true leader keeps cool so everybody below them can have a good time. It's a calm in the storm. Nobody appreciates any of this, and we're going to see a mass. We're going to see the will of God, I think, teach us a lesson because of this great ingratitude. About the gratitude. Thanks for letting me say it. Ted, man, thanks for calling. Call us back. We love hearing your voice and hearing what you have to say. And, yes, I'll read, a, I'll, I'll read whatever it takes to keep my man Ted in, in good spirits. He's right, though. That's the thing that... You know, I'm going to beat this drum. It's a basic principle of of economics. We got more flowing in. We got more activity. Everybody is in a. It, everybody benefits from that. And so, you know, kind of, kind of what Ted just said is is so true. The two different parts of the economy that really showed up this past week, obviously, um, in this past month, um, you know, the Democrats and 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 POTUS are putting people's livelihoods. Over politics, they're, they're making people's livelihoods more important than just politics, lowering costs of goods as best they can, given the fact that we had some, you know, inflation that was part of, I don't want to say this, I want to get it right. Part of the reasons for inflation were that we had people coming out of the working economy. Okay. It's, it's the, it's the whole conversation of, or the, the balance between, you know, the, the amount of goods consumed versus the amount of goods that are produced, okay? So we had a, a true economic imbalance because of the reduction of folks in the workplace. And as a result, the reduction of money in the workplace. So then we had too much good, too, too, too much in terms of inventory, less demand for it, and the capability to pay for it. And then businesses that were, by documented data, gouging. Prices went up as a result of those three things or those four things. And because of that, it's, it caused a a huge amount of struggle for people. Listen, I'm not going to tell a mom, suburban city, rural, I'm not going to tell a dad in any of those communities that the cost of something didn't go up and it pinched their pocketbook. I'm not going to be that knucklehead that would say that to somebody politically, socially, or any other conversation. It happened. It was a reality. However, we are moving away from that gradually and a stronger workforce, both stronger in terms of the numbers of people in the workforce and increases, increases in wages gradually, incrementally have improved and gotten things better. Inflation has come down, not, exa- not to the numbers that people have wanted it to. But I remember last summer and summer of 20, so gosh, 20, this is 2024, summer of 2022 and summer of 2023 comparison, high travel time, Memorial to Labor Day. We know it's been that way forever. Okay. I remember the conversation in the summer of 2022 about how 
insidious inflation was impacting the cost of everything, particularly those things that are around travel, number one being gas. Okay? Gas prices have come down significantly. And this is where I want to kick the media in the tail. They lost their doggone minds about gas prices, and they were interviewing all these folks who were complaining about gas prices. And I used to fill up my, you know, 28-gallon vehicle that gets 12 miles to a gallon. I used to fill it up for, you know, $100. Now I'm spending $200. Well, maybe there's some lifestyle changes you might want to consider. I'm I'm not trying to talk about what people drive, but let's think about that for a second. Just you know, be open-minded to maybe that might be a little bit of a change there. But that being said, I'm all for it. Do or do that is going to drive a big gas guzzling vehicle. That's their business. I could care less. But the price of gas went down from 2022 to 2023. It's documented. And that's a combination of effort by the administration, businesses, and us as consumers. And I can tell you the data backs this up. The fact that there were more people working eased all parts of the economy because they were spending more. So those goods that were stacking up and not being consumed were now being used and being consumed. I'm not trying to give an economics lesson. I just know how the numbers work. And because of that, we're moving in a better direction. Um, So, You know, while the Democrats and POTUS are trying to provide, you know, trying to do their part to lowering the cost of goods, providing better paying jobs and consumer freedoms. What are the Republicans wasting time on? Preventing women's health care from moving forward, banning abortions. How crazy is that? Guys, it's been great being here. I know we're getting to the top of the hour And I am so incredibly grateful and thankful to everyone who's tuned in today and will hopefully tune in tomorrow and in the the weeks to come. In this last quick segment, if we got a half a second to do this, a couple of quick black history accomplishments. African-American Matthew Henson and Admiral Robert Peary became the first men to reach the North Pole in 1909. A lot of folks didn't know that. Track star Jesse Owens won four gold medals at the Berlin Olympics in 1936. And another shout out. Actress Hattie McDaniel receiving an Academy Award for the Best Supporting Actress in 1940. A couple of Black History moments. Here we are. Two views. Thank you guys for tuning in. It's been great. Looking forward to hearing from you tomorrow. Give us a call. 773-763-9278. I'm Richard Chu, and thank you for tuning in today.